Welcome to episode 49 of the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. I'm Brian Fisher. In the previous episode, 48, our guest was Tracy Bissett, Chief Financial Fitness Trainer of Bissett Financial Fitness Incorporated. This podcast series focuses on the various subjects and topics to help you run a successful, profitable business. They're approximately 10 to 15 minutes long, so you can listen while commuting. Hopefully, you'll find one or two takeaways to implement per episode. Today, our guest is Mikey Lucas. Mikey Lucas from Houston, Texas, is President and CEO of Mikey Lucas Consulting. Starting from his first door knock back in 2013, working his way up through multiple solar companies and D2D sub-industries to become known as one of the most charismatic, energetic leaders and elite of the industry. He is one of the highest producing professionals, culminating in owning and operating his own eight-figure solar firm. As a young CEO and rising star in the consulting mentorship realm, he's used his spotlight to bring new, exciting changes into the D2D industry by having a purpose-driven life. Having expertise in D2D sales, management, recruiting, and ownership, he brings an added edge with a powerful knowledge base on how to take your hard-earned money and turn it into multiple streams of passive income. He encourages not only those around him, but other professionals nationwide to pursue larger dreams and more realistic financial freedom. Let's welcome Mikey Lucas. Mikey, welcome to the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. Brian, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. I'm always interested in people's stories, Mikey. Uh, what's your background in becoming a highly successful salesperson to owning and operating your own eight-figure business? I played competitive sports growing up. So I, I was in baseball, played ball in Las Vegas. A lot of, we got a lot of really highly successful guys come out of Vegas. Bryce Harper, Joey Gallo, Chris Bryant, Johnny Fields. These guys come out of Vegas, Tommy Pham. And I, so I grew up around guys that were hitters. But I was never the best. I, I like to I like to think of myself as 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 Phil Jackson, not uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. I'm, I like to think of myself more as the coach and more as like uh, the Bash Brothers. I was a guy that would usually get into the fights, and apparently I had I had trouble growing up, anger issues. Apparently, so I didn't know that until years later. Coaches would come back and be like, "Mikey, you made it. You didn't go to prison or whatever." I'm like, "What? What happened? I don't know." But uh, yeah, I played sports growing up. was in, was in dance and in theater all the way through high school. And I ended up getting recruited into door-to-door sales 10 years ago now. So I've been doing last nine and a half years now, door-to-door sales. So it's it's really, it was competitive. I was able to deal with rejection. They dealt with personal development. And then three or four years ago, now I started my own, four years ago, I started my own company. And uh, it was it was the most rocky road I've ever had, you know, becoming from a top salesman to, to now running a company. It's kind of like in football, if, just because you can throw a ball, I say this all the time, just because you can throw a ball 60 yards spiral every single time does not make you the quarterback. You could be 350 pounds and actually the best center or best tackle. Um, so, you know, putting people in the right places was something that I, I saw really early on in my career. Well, you've consulted with hundreds of individuals. How do you help them design their business to support their life instead of the other way around? Yeah, so really just breaking down, understanding what their end goals are. I think that's it's it's kind of it's cliche, it's taboo, but people don't 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 they don't have an exit strategy. They don't have an exit strategy, and I'm not necessarily saying selling the company, 
Um, they just don't have an exit strategy. And I'm not saying retirement, sit on a beach in Hawaii, drinking you know, mimosas or margaritas and, and doing nothing all day long. I'm talking about an exit strategy of you working in the business to you working on the business to now you selling your business or and or going and doing philanthropy, doing what you want to do, doing spending time with your kids, your grandkids, and or you know serving at your church or your or your the city center where you're at. Really, it's it's for me. I guess it's 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 easier said than done, but it's it's easy to see minor tweaks how you can you can literally be one tenth of, of a percent off to double, triple, quadrupling your company. But it's hard to see that when you're in the company rather than having somebody come in from outside and say, wow, like, you know, yeah, you're going to pay me, you know, sometimes anywhere between as, as low as low five figures, as high as f- high six figures uh, a year to, to tell you how to do that. But the people that I've, I've noticed um, that really want to, because I'm that guy, I'm the guy that paid six figures to have somebody come in and coach me and want and help my company become better because I wanted to have a sustainable, sustainable company and, and not, not have to say, I'm going to make the same mistake. I'm going to make mistakes for myself. I wanted to pay somebody else. I realized that really early on that if I could pay somebody else to teach me what not to do, that my company and my people at the end of the day, their Christmases, their birthdays, their family events would be better because I made the sacrifice originally and paid somebody to come in and teach me what to do. So it's, it's very easy to get caught in working in the business rather than working on the business. Like uh, one of my good, good friends, Kent Collier just said, you know, you, you, you know, if, if you can't walk away from your company for two weeks and it, and it still continues to run, you don't have it. You don't have, you don't own a company, you own a job. And, and I took that very seriously, taking in consideration, putting in, you know, standard operating procedures on, on, on what to do and, you know, and, and, and learning how to keep a culture, to a point where people were excited and inspired to be at, at a job with you. Well, that was great advice because it's uh, very hard for a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, to move from working in the business to on the business. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they, a lot of times it's, it's kind of, it's cliche, man, Brian. It's, it's a lot of times like, oh yeah, I'm going to build a company and I'm going to just tell people what to do rather than I was the other way around. I was like, hey, I'm going to build a company, hire the right people around me, and I'm going to continue to go doing what I do best. I just knew that I wasn't going to be the best at accounting, at taxes, at bookkeeping or whatever. I needed to hire those right people around me. And spending the money for that actually helped us get significantly further. And that way I could do what I did best, which was selling, recruiting, and then training. Well, would you please expand on identifying your for-purpose business and leaving the grind set mentality behind. Yeah. So th- I'll talk about the, the grind set mindset first, and then I'll talk about the four purpose. So the grind set is the, the so I'm, I'm a millennial. I, I'm, I just turned 30 years old. I've been an entrepreneur since, you know, since selling cookies and candies and gum and energy drinks and everything you could think about to fundraise for, you know, sports growing up. So I, I was, I was, it's been in my family to be an entrepreneur, but it's in my blood, but the whole grind set is, if you think about grinding down anything, you grind down any iron or anything that's sharp, like an ax, you know, they say, you know, if you, if, you know, Abraham Lincoln's quote is, you know, if, if I had, was given seven hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend six of those hours sharpening the ax. Well, at a certain point, we take that out of context and we say, well, I'm going to spend six hours sharpening my ax, which most of us are not even doing six minutes sharpening our ax, let alone six hours a day, which by sharpening the ax, I mean, listening to podcasts, reading books, studying stuff like that to sharpen, to be better at your craft and be the best version of yourself you can be to get back to your company, get back to your, your employees and to your customers. 
But this grind set is work as hard as you possibly can, figure it out, muster it out, willpower, 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 you know, and then you end up sacrificing, which happens a lot. And I got a lot of people that have poured into me that say, look, if I could have done it any differently, I would have had a more of a work-life harmony. I would have found better, better resources so I can be there for my kids. Like you only have maybe, maybe 12 years with your kids before they start to really, really get, and I don't have kids yet, but I just got married. And I understand that I, if I can do something correctly is again, learning from people that have been there before me. I think it's very important. Um, there's a lot of books out there that, that are like that, that show you that, Hey, don't forget this. Don't forget the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. But yeah, the grind set is you, you, you grind as hard as you possibly can. And hopefully you make it, you put your money in the stock market, put your money in real estate and hopefully you make it or whatever, put it right back in the company. And then odds are most businesses fail. The grind set, you grind anything too far, it, it becomes dull again because nothing to grind anymore. And then the, 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 the for purpose side of it is we, we are a for purpose company. I helped create for purpose companies as my mentor, Cole Hatter, taught me how to do this years ago, four or five years ago now, or four years ago now, on how to take a portion of your proceeds, your talents or your resources or your time and give it away to whatever you're super passionate about. For me, I am a Christian, so I give 10% of my money to my church, but I give significantly more than that to invest into, in, into the end cause, which is making God famous and making God's name glorified. But not only that, with my with my company, we with my solar company, for instance, we one of my, one of my companies. I've got twelve different businesses, but one of my solar companies, we take a portion of our proceeds and just like Tom's shoes. I don't know if you know if Tom's shoes or not, Brian, but they give a, they. But you buy a pair of, of these like flats, and they give a pair away to Central South America and Africa and kids that are in need. Like they're sending stuff to Ukraine now. They're sending stuff to Afghanistan. They're sending shoes over there to a point where they are giving so many shoes away that it was disrupting the economy. Imagine having a philanthropy business that you would sell a pair of shoes. You don't lose any money on it because they just put, let's just say it was $50. It was $20 to make each shoe plus $10 to deliver the other shoe to Africa or whatever, like Ethiopia or something like that. Um, well, they didn't lose any money on giving away the product. They just added in the cost. And then people actually on a scale of negative 100 to 100 are actually on, on the positive 90% side would rather buy from a company that's giving back and not just saying they're giving back, but are actually giving back and that was one of the ways I was easily able to double company's revenue was because at during Christmas time and Thanksgiving, they're giving away and, and holidays, um, they were giving away helmets, bikes. They got their, it got their company bought in. It got their company bought into their people or rather to their, to their mission and their culture grew because of them actually wanting to give back. So we've given multiple six figures, we're working on seven figures right now of giving away solar panels to churches, orphanages, refugee centers, women's shelters, and re, uh, rehabilitation centers uh, locally where we're at, as well as overseas, as close as Mexico, as far as, as Southeast Asia. We, we've done this to a point where we put up solar panels to alleviate the problem of, hey, we, keep, we don't have enough money to pay our power bill. So we're going to just, you know, not have the air conditioning on or have the lights on. Uh, so we do that for them. We, we pay for monitoring and, and maintenance for 30 years for them. Uh, even if we died, because there's obviously, you know, programs that you can do that with insurance like that, but it's, it's pretty awesome, man. And not only that, it gets people bought in, man, because just gets people bought into your company. They want to buy from people that are actually giving back, not just out there to make a buck. We're speaking with Mikey Lucas of Mikey Lucas Consulting. One of your passions is building a culture of like-minded people who want to work alongside you. How do you go about doing that? Really, it's finding out, Brian, it's finding out what they want. Most people have not, have not asked themselves what they want. They haven't, they haven't asked themselves, well, if, if you could have all the money in the world, 
what would you do with your time every single day? If you had all the time in the world, what would you do with your time? What would you do with your, your money every single day? If, if your money didn't matter, what would you do every single day? It's finding out what people want on an individual basis rather than some cookie cutter. Again, I grew up in, in, the, in Las Vegas and our school district was like 52nd, which I don't know how you can rank 52nd in testing. Well, it's because we were behind DC and behind Puerto Rico. So how do you rank 52nd in a country of 50 states? Anyways, we were ranked 52nd. And the reason why I believe is because there was a cookie cutter system that didn't work for most people. So you cannot create a cookie cutter system for companies where you think everybody thinks like you. In sales, people buy from people that they feel like that are they're, they're similar to, right? It's called a status alignment, if you will, right? They want to buy from people that they align with, right? Morally, core value wise, you know, religiously, financially, whatever. Right. So for me, if I'm going into a house and they see that I have an expensive watch on or expensive car on, I have to relate to them, showing them that I also, you know, I didn't come from money, but we had to work for what we have. So they want to buy from people that you're alike with, you're aligned with, but yeah, creating, creating that, uh, that type of a culture is very, very, very important to be able to make sure people feel like they're an individual and have a community somewhere they can belong and that they feel safe in, because if they're safe, they can flourish and they can thrive. You've recently written a book, Purposeful Profit. Can you tell us what motivated you to write your book? Yeah, I definitely, one, because I was the severely dyslexic kid that couldn't read in elementary school that got made fun of. So that was the original spark to show people that made fun of me in elementary school and middle school, and even in high school, that uh, the idiot kid that you know couldn't read, that was a stutter. I'm not English second language. I'm, I'm like English first language, barely. I wanted to write a book because one, why not me? First of all, that's any, any entrepreneur should say the same thing. Why not you? You have a story. You've got people need to hear your story Two, I, I really believe that the American dream is dead. This whole going out and making a dollar, trying to retire in 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, is just not possible. It's not, not happening. So I had to give my life experiences. I've, I'm only 30 years old, but I've got a lot of experiences. I grew up very, very, very fast. And I've read over 600 books, multiple, multiple of those books I've read 20, 30, 40 times. And I've studied these things. I've been around high-level people that have taught me um, what to do, what not to do, not to be right, but to know why I'm right and to know why I'm wrong. So the, the book really is about understanding, one, how to keep millennials motivated and people that are older, how to, how to work with millennials, how to understand that millennials want cereal and beanbags and why that's important to them. Because most business people are like, why does the kid want cereal and beanbags? You have to understand, like you give the kid cereal and beanbags, show them that they have community there and you can actually get them to do, you can get them to be just as, as motivated about your business as you are. Because that's the hard part. They're not going to be as motivated as you are about your business. So understanding how to work with millennials, how to keep millennials motivated, uh, how to keep them purposely making money rather than just there to make a dollar. Well, what takeaways would you like people to take from your book? Yeah. So some of the big things really is just that uh, it, it is possible to create generational wealth still in today's economy. In the uncertainty, especially today, the, uh, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates and seems like we're going to go into a massive recession. Everyone's been saying it last four years, it's going to go in recession, going to go in recession, going to go in recession. So it's really the, the main thing is one, you can still make it today if you have a right, the right structure and the right plan. And two, you have to be able to sail in the wind and out of the wind, i.e., 
tacking. So if you can tack from in the wind and out of the wind, you can sail in this new economy that we have with quantitative easing, with people, you know, people don't even understand macroeconomics that the world is a totally different place now that the Federal Reserve has printed so much money. So we have to understand that it's different. The American dream that our parents and grandparents came here with is not the exact same as it was. And if you don't change, you're going to get clobbered. Yes, there's going to be a wealth gap, but you can now think like and think and invest like a billionaire instead of trying to think and invest like a millionaire. We're speaking with Mikey Lucas of Mikey Lucas Consulting. Mikey, is there anything I haven't asked that you'd like to add? Um, no, I mean, that, that's a, I really, at the end of the day, I think we went over the majority of this. It's, it's really important for me to try to do my best to not talk about one of the main things, which for me is divorce and single motherhood. And I, I'm really passionate about helping people understand that with the right strategy of money, the level of stress will come down within the family so that men can be more of men and stick with their stick with their kids. And we have less issues with single kids or single moms and single dads, even not just single moms, but single dads, even where we can, if we just get a, a grip on this thing called money, get away from this shiny object syndrome. It's not this super long delayed gratification. Like you can have the things that you want. It's just a matter of, is it actually worth it? in having a grip on this investment thing. It's not as hard as we make it seem. It's just, you have to understand what the game of money is. Mikey, how can people get in contact with you? So the best way to get in contact with me, it's uh, just, I give a lot of free stuff out of my, my YouTube and my Instagram. That's my, the best way to get in contact with me, my calendar on there. Anybody can book a call with me uh, and I'll, I'll chat with them so long as time permitted there. But Instagram is the best way to go. I have got YouTube, I've got LinkedIn, I got my Facebook there, but yeah, all my contact information is there. So, Well, Mikey, thank you for joining us today on the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. Thank you. My sincere thanks to Mikey Lucas for being our guest. Managing the performance of your company is one of the most important things you do as a leader. This podcast is on over 20 directories. Subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast. In search, type BCFORG. Be sure to leave a space between BCF and ORG. Feel free to share this podcast with people who you think may benefit. A strong rating of these podcasts would be appreciated. If you'd like to reach out to me with any questions, comments, ideas, or potentially be a guest like Mikey, please go to bcforg.com. There's a red Contact Us button in the middle of the homepage. A LinkedIn symbol's on the upper right. Click on that if you'd like to see my profile. All the podcasts are available by clicking on the website podcast page in the reference bar. These podcasts will be released the first and third Tuesday each month. In our next episode, 50, being a milestone episode, we'll recap what we've done so far. In business, running a successful, profitable business is the ultimate scorecard. You are never done and can always be better. It tends to be more fun than work, frustrating at times, but can be very rewarding. From BCF ORG Corp., I'm Brian Fisher, wishing you the best. Thanks. Thanks.